It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. What's up? Welcome into Tuesday, January 12th edition of Roughing the Kicker, a daily Kansas City Chiefs podcast on ArrowheadReport.com. I am your host, Tucker Franklin. Joining me today is Jordan Foote. We're going to be talking to national NFL reporter for Fansided, Matt Verderam. Matt, how are you today, my man? Doing great. How are you guys? Cannot complain. Uh, Jordan, you know, we talked to you yesterday, but how are you doing today on your Tuesday? You said that you started a new class? Yeah, I um, it was either take a winter class or stay another semester and graduate late. So I was like, I'll just bite the bullet and take the winter class. So uh, so far, so good on that with uh, Zoom University. <laughs> I don't miss that at all. But Matt's here to kind of talk about the Super Wild Card weekend that just happened in the NFL. And what were your thoughts of that, Matt? We had six standalone games. And what was that like this weekend? I thought it was terrific. Look, I know when the league expanded to a new playoff format, people were so concerned about, well, are there going to be bad teams in? And, yeah, the Bears got involved, so I guess, yeah, kind of. But um, the AFC didn't have that problem. It's seven teams with at least 11 wins. I thought the the best game, as it turned out, was the Bills and the Colts. So the seven mm-hmm. seed really came through. Um, it was entertaining. All three AFC games were fun to watch. I mean, unless you were a Steelers fan, that game, of course, got out of hand quickly. But in the NFC side, you had you had one upset. You had Taylor Henneke making one game really interesting. I All told, I, I thought it went really well. I think if you're the NFL, you're feeling vindicated that you expanded the playoff format. Yeah, absolutely. And, like, there's so much variance every year where teams come out of nowhere and end up making the playoffs or the worst to first teams or whatever. But, I mean, I'm all for more teams in the playoffs. I think it makes for more fun games. And getting that standalone bye week kind of means more when it's only one team. So, um, for a team like the Chiefs, you're going to be in contention to get that probably for the next 10 years or so. So, it's definitely a, a step in the right direction, I think. We've talked about this on the podcast, too. Uh, as people who cover the Chiefs, it was kind of nice to have a weekend of, you know, just watching football games. It was nice to watch six straight football games and not really have to worry about anything. But, Matt, I'm curious to what you think. You mentioned the expansion. Do you think the league could expand again after seeing how well the first year of this worked? I think eventually this is headed toward eight teams being in each conference. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that that's going to happen immediately. But I think it will happen. Look, they're going to go to 17 games for the regular season next year. Um, I don't think it's too far off in the distance here that they're going to go to 18 games. They're not going to rotate this nine and eight, you know, home and road. That that's not going to happen. They're they're going to eventually expand. People in the league think it happens probably within this current CBA agreement, which of course runs throughout the rest of the decade. Uh, I would bet on sooner rather than later. And look, I with the playoffs, the playoffs are such an unbelievable money maker for the league that any time you can add a game, you're talking tens of millions of dollars of revenue. So the, the challenge would be if you expand, now you have theoretically four games on each, each uh, day of wildcard weekend. Are they now bumping into each other? That is the concern. But I think for the NFL, 
you probably massage that and figure it out. Maybe you just stagger the starts, and it's like March Madness, right, where you mm-hmm. have these games starting where other games are five minutes away from finishing, um, and you just kind of have that continuous rollover. I think eventually it happens. It's just too popular. It's like baseball. If anybody's a baseball fan, they, they went through this expanded format yep. and said, well, it's only for one year. No, it's not. They, <laughs> they, will, they will never go back because they made a ton of money. They're not going to stop making money. They, ultimately, these leagues are businesses. Yeah, absolutely. I was going to say pretty much everything else Matt said, and really the only thing I can add is that it's a lot easier for us to be proponents of this when we're not having to go out on the field and do anything. And if you're a business owner or you're in the NFL trying to make money, why not continue doing it? Like It's obviously a good product. You're not letting all the bad teams in. Um, even Chicago, like they weren't necessarily a horrible team. They had some competitive games this year and you um, assume once they figure out that quarterback position that'll continue but man I I just love football so anytime more games are put on the TV screen I'm 100% for it right nothing can go wrong when you have more football on TV I don't think that's always seems like the answer to a lot of questions but uh, Matt another part of this whole expanded playoff thing was the broadcast on Nickelodeon um, I don't know if you watched it at all or what your thoughts were on it, but I'm curious to what you think, if you think it was a success, really. I am, I guess, an old man at 32 and did not watch <laughs> one second of it because I was sitting there watching on CBS, but I did see the reaction. Look, I think it's cool. It's different. It's fun. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not for me. I'm not going to sit there and watch it. But right. I think if you're an eight-year-old kid, if you're a six-year-old kid, it makes it fun. And if you're the NFL, again, it's a business. It's about expanding your fan base and so i I don't i don't hate it like the slime cannons were funny right Mm -hmm. i got i got nothing against it um it can't hurt so as long as you're simulcasting the game elsewhere so you can watch like a normal broadcast i say go for it yeah absolutely and that definitely appealed to me because like i tuned into the nick broadcasts and i was kind of in matt's uh spot there where i was like this isn't for me but then i would switch back to the normal broadcast and get like some actual commentary that wasn't watered down for the kids but I mean for the kids it was fantastic and um, you're just appealing to another audience and that can't hurt whatsoever do you think we see a little bit more of this where simulcasted on children's channels you know ESPN and Disney are very close do you see a Monday mm-hmm. Night Football game being simulcasted on like Disney Channel Disney XD do you see that more in the future Matt oh I think all that stuff is on the table mm-hmm. if they can get more money for a game by streaming it more places, they're going to do it. I mean, we already right. saw the 49ers and Cardinals on Amazon. So mm-hmm. they don't care. They'll put a game on a lifetime if they get paid for it. <laughs> you know, I think, look, like people get beholden to these certain standards. And, and I'm somebody who I'm a traditionalist. I like the games on CBS and NBC and Fox, but mm-hmm. they don't care. Mm-hmm. They don't care. Like, if, if I'm telling you right, if they're in the TV negotiation and – a and E is like, hey, we will outbid CBS. They would take on A and E in a heartbeat. Yeah. They don't, you know, it's just if Animal Planet bid for the games, it would be that's fine. That's where they're going to play. And you know what? Everybody would watch. Yeah, it would. So yeah, I think definitely as time goes on, if they can find more ways to make money, Disney's an example. I mean, they're they're partnered already with, as a parent company with ESPN and ABC. So yeah, I mean, I think any of that kind of stuff's on the table if it makes sense for the league. Mm-hmm. Money talks, man. It, it does indeed. So let's – Jordan and I kind of dove into the AFC side of things yesterday. So I want to get your thoughts, Matt, on the NFC side of things. What were kind of your biggest takeaways from this weekend? Well, 
I, I think if the Colts hadn't shot themselves in the foot, they would have won the game. I think they would have right. beaten Buffalo. And, I, and I've, I've been high on Buffalo all year. I picked them to win the division before, and I picked them to get to the divisional round uh, before the season started. And Allen's been awesome. Mm-hmm. But um, they're really lucky they're still playing. If, if they don't have some very fortuitous breaks in that game, and Indianapolis self-inflicted issues, Indy's playing. Indy's going to Arrowhead. And it's Cleveland and Baltimore. So uh, it, it was a bizarre game. I didn't take a ton away from the Tennessee game that I didn't already think. Baltimore, if they can play their style of game, they're tough to beat. And they yeah. could do it against Tennessee. They, they felt like, look, we can be physical up front. We can stop Henry. And they did an incredible job of that. They can run the ball. They can control the clock. They can control the line of scrimmage. When Tennessee got up 10-0, they had a shot to break Baltimore's back right there. If, if they could have extended a little bit more, then Baltimore can't run as much. Jackson's got to throw 35 times. It's not the way they win games. But Tennessee couldn't do it. And Baltimore clawed back, tied the game. By the time they, they, we got to halftime, you felt like, all right, well, the Ravens are right where they want it. They're, they're thrilled. It's tied. Mm-hmm. They're getting the ball coming out of half. And Tennessee even got the biggest break of all time when Tucker missed a field goal. And it still didn't matter. Um, the Steelers-Browns game, I don't know that you could really take anything out of that other than just, look, if you turn a ball over four times in a quarter, you're probably going to lose. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Browns were up 28 nothing before the anthem was over. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, Cleveland, give them credit. I mean, they won the game, but it wasn't as though Cleveland dominated Pittsburgh. It was more that Pittsburgh just, just gave the game away. Mm-hmm. And then at, for a minute there, it looked like they were going to come back. Yeah. Uh, but then punt on fourth and one, and, and the game was never the same after that. But you do have to wonder with Roethlisberger, is that it? I mean, he's getting he's getting forty one million coming to him next year, so my guess is no, it's not it. But if Pittsburgh, if you got if you got Kevin Colbert their GM in an honest moment, I think he'd be like, yeah, I don't want him back. Mm-hmm. We'd rather move on. But I think they're getting him back at forty one million. Good luck getting him not to come back for that kind of money. Yeah, and and on the other side of that bracket, man, the, Tampa Bay kind of spoke for itself that you expected them to win that game. Um, the one that stood out to me was the Rams. And, like, you know the Rams have the Super Bowl-caliber defense. You know that they can run the ball when their guys are healthy. They have some talent on offense. They have a good coach, man. But their quarterbacks are banged up. Jared Goff was never that great to begin with. He's even more banged up and injured now um, with that thumb injury. So, Really, I think it spoke to both of those teams. Seattle just kind of wet the bed in that game, which isn't something I expected because you have Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll. Um, Then you have that quote about running the ball possibly more moving forward, which (laughs) set off the analytics crowd. So I don't know what's going on in Seattle. But, Matt, what did you take um, from that Rams performance, and do you think they could uh, upset Green Bay in the divisional round? So... For starters, I do think they can win the game in Green Bay. I'm not mm-hmm. picking them to win the game, but they can. Sure. Because they're really, really good defensively. They're the mm-hmm. best defensive team left in the NFL. They might even be the best, period. And Ramsey's going to be against Adams in that game. I'd expect that he at least limits him if he doesn't completely take him out of the game. That game comes down to can the Rams' front four get pressure on Rodgers? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, Bakhtiari's not there. It's a torn ACL. That's a huge loss. How big of a loss is it in this game? Is Donald healthy? How are his ribs? Uh, these are all questions that we don't know the answers to. But if, if Brockers and Floyd and Donald can get home, yeah, they can win because the Packers' defense is nothing great. Now, mm-hmm. I give Goff a lot of credit 
I've always been one of these guys who felt like Goff really doesn't want to be in there when the bullets start flying. But he played with a broken thumb on his throwing hand. That's not nothing. That mm-hmm. That is a pretty courageous performance. I get he was forced into action, but he was still there. Could have been inactive. He mm-hmm. wasn't. Um, and he ends up playing basically the whole game. The Rams, they won because Wilson was 11-27. to And part of that, you know, Seattle, okay, maybe, maybe not a, a great game by them, but give the Rams a lot of credit. Defensively, they get the pick six. They force another fumble in the fourth quarter to basically put the game away. Uh, yeah, they're a live dog going into Green Bay. They're an underdog and deservedly so, but they're a good team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, another good team that we've seen a lot of streaky performances from this year is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're kind of hitting the stride at the right time, you could say. But what do you think about that matchup that they have with, with the Saints? Because the Saints have already beat them twice this season. You know... I, I always get torn on this stuff because you always hear people say it's really hard to beat a team three times in a row. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, it's also hard to beat a team that lost twice and beat the other team. Like they lost for a reason and they got trounced twice. Right. If the Buccaneers continue to blitz as much as they do and they blitz more than any team in the NFC, if they do that against New Orleans, they're going to lose because Breeze gets rid of the ball really quickly. And if you're blitzing, you're taking guys out of the, the field of play to be able to make a tackle. And all of a sudden, it's Kamara on your safety, and there is nobody else. And it is 30 yards to the end zone and one guy to beat. So if I'm Tampa and I'm Todd Bowles, I'm not blitzing in this game. I'm playing coverage. I'm forcing Brees to beat me. I'm trying to take away the shallow zones. That's not typically how they play. Will they do it in this game? I kind of tend to subscribe to the theory of you are who you are. You play how you play. It's very hard to change. If the Ravens had played the Chiefs this week, I think you would have heard a lot of, well, will the Ravens change? It's hard. You've played that way under Wink Martindale for years. Now you're going to go into the biggest game of your lives and you're going to play a totally different style of defense. It's just difficult. I think the Saints win because I don't think the Bucs are going to change. And I do think they're going to get pressure on Brady. Assuming Fredrickson's back and he's healthy, you've got him, you've got Cam Jordan, you've got a, a, a litany of guys in the front seven that can play. A lot of more can take away one of their receivers. I like the Saints, but I, I do think that game is legitimately, I don't know, not a toss-up, but maybe a 55-45 Saints kind of thing. I, I, don't think it's, I don't think it's a game where you look at it and go, yeah, the Bucs would need a real upset to win. I think it's a close yeah. game. I just like the Saints because of the matchup. Yeah, and it's weird to go against Tom Brady. I completely agree that I would pick the Saints if I had to put money on that game, but they just, I think Kamara is going to be the X factor in this game. Like Matt said, Tampa Bay is stubborn, and they're going to keep blitzing, I think. I mean, it's very hard to change, especially when you're already in the playoffs. You can do it early season if stuff isn't working out. They're 18 games into the season now, like there are right. 17 games. They're not going to change what's going on um, and change up their game plan specifically for the Saints. And New Orleans Breeze isn't anything special, but he still has his brain intact. He can still hit his checkdowns. He can feed his running back. Um, he has guys that can make plays. I think the Saints are going to pull away in that one, and that's going to set up. I'm going to also go with Green Bay. That's going to be one heck of an NFC championship game. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think that's going to be a good game, Matt. Do you have something? No, no, I think it's – I think the NFC is just – it's really good. I mean, mm-hmm. any of those four teams could get to the Super Bowl and win it. I think the Rams are a little more challenged with Goff, but any of those teams could. Mm-hmm. I don't know that you feel that way in the AFC. I mean, the, the AFC, by the way, is the better conference. But – Oh, yeah. Cleveland 
I, I, I just I can't imagine that the Browns would be able to win the Super Bowl. I, I think any of the other four mm-hmm. teams in the in the NFC could. The AFC, you could make a case. Again, I don't know that Baltimore could win the Super Bowl, but you could, I guess, make the argument. I, I, I think I think this round, the AFC is a little bit clearer than the NFC. Yeah. yeah. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I would agree with that as well. So looking at the AFC, we can continue to look at it. After that first game where the Colts lose to the Bills, is this the best this AFC side could have shaken out for the Chiefs with the Browns coming to Arrowhead? Yeah, I, I think I think it definitely is. Um, you know, every radio hit I did or the podcast I was on last week, everybody asked, "Well, who do you think the Chiefs would want to play?" And I didn't, I didn't really have an answer in the sense that I think if the Chiefs play well, they would have beaten anybody they'd play. But right. to me, the easiest team is Cleveland, and I thought the hardest team would have been Indianapolis because of how they spread the ball around. They have good interior pass rushers. They they have a great line. Now Cleveland has a great line. Mm-hmm. And they can run the ball. The problem with Cleveland is they can't stop anybody. And that is where I think this is a tough game for the Browns. They don't get a pass rush. They're 26th in pressure rate in the league. Um, Garrett has 12 sacks. Nobody else who's going to be playing in the game has more than four and a half. They, they just struggle to generate pressure. And, they, and the, the problem with that, even beyond the obvious, is their secondary stinks. So now you're in a situation where you're not getting pressure on Mahomes and he's just got all day to find some guy when it's Tyree Kill against Terrence Mitchell, and it's and it's Travis Kelsey against some linebacker you've never heard of. Like the and the further you go down that that path, the further you get away if you're the Browns from being able to run the football. Mm-hmm. And now Mayfield's got to throw that play action where he's not been able to do that successfully all year. If if I'm the Chiefs. I'm saying, look, early in the game, I'm playing a lot of base and a lot of nickel where they're actually a very good run defense. Mm-hmm. I'd put Pinnell and Naughty inside. I'd put Jones on the edge. And I'd tell them, hey, look, you want to run boot? You're getting Clark or Jones off one of those edges. And I'd tell both those guys, I don't care. If you give up a couple runs inside, you'll let the big boys with Pinnell and Naughty inside handle it. If he runs boot, kill him. Just, just go full bore at Mayfield. Don't worry about the run. Make them abandon that part of the game plan and then force him to throw the ball inside the pocket. I think if you're the Chiefs, that is a really good way to go. Um, and then, look, once you get up by enough points, you've already got to throw, then you can bring Jones back in. You can do a lot of different things. But look, I expect Spagnuolo to be pretty multiple in the way they play. Um, I also would play a lot of zone in this game if I'm the Chiefs. Look, just keep mm-hmm. it in front of you, tackle. You know, Mayfield only threw for 3,500 yards or so this year. It's, they don't have a lot of deep threats. They have one guy with over 600 receiving yards. So, if I'm the Chiefs, like, go ahead. You're going to have to put together a 15-play drive to beat me. I don't think you can do it consistently. We'll see how Spagnuolo goes about it. And that's been the thing with the Chiefs all year and really the formula for them to even – you have to force them to have the opposing quarterback have the ball in his hands. You want to – force Tannehill to beat you you want to force Lamar Jackson to beat you you want to force 
Phillip Rivers to beat you. Baker Mayfield's the same way. And that's not to say Baker's a bad quarterback because he's grown up a lot this year, but it's predicated upon having a good running game and creating those sustainable drives. Baker Mayfield's not going to throw for a billion yards against Mahomes, and people will bring up that matchup they had in college. This isn't college anymore. (laughs) This is the big boys playing football, and hats off to the Browns for being a really good team. Um, The narrative that their defense is great is overblown because, A, they're dealing with COVID stuff, and it really wasn't that great to begin with, like Matt mentioned with the pressure rate. They just can't. Mm -hmm. Patrick Mahomes is going to have a good game. He's had a week. He's had two weeks to rest. The Chiefs are coming off a bye week. That is a real thing with Andy Reid. Like, hats off to the Browns, all due respect, but this game is a lot more about the Chiefs, I think, than whoever they're playing against. This just happens to be the Browns. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think that once you start looking more into this game, you're like, okay, the Browns did play well, but as Matt mentioned earlier, the Steelers turned the ball over four times in a quarter, and that kind of shot themselves in the foot. You don't expect the Chiefs to do that. They're a very solid team when it comes to when they have the football. Don't turn the football over much, so I think the Brown, limiting the Browns' chances, obviously, is going to be a huge part in, in taking this game. But, Matt, this line opened at 9.5 points in favor of of the Chiefs. I saw it bump up to 10 in some places. Does that surprise you at all? I kind of, when that come out, uh, I saw Joshua Briscoe, friend of the program here, he said that he was kind of surprised with kind of the anti-Chiefs rhetoric and the pro-bounds rhetoric that it opened at 9.5. I actually, somebody asked me during the game on Twitter what I thought the line would open. I said 10. So I'm not Mm. surprised. I I think, look, the Browns were outscored in the regular season. Mm -hmm. I get they went 11-5. I mean, they, they, and I'm, I'm not trying to discredit them, but I mean, let's just let's just call a spade a spade. They beat the <laughs> NFC East in four games. Okay, they beat the Browns, the Bengals twice. They beat Houston. They beat Jacksonville. Uh, they beat the no, they lost to the Raiders. They beat they beat so many of them on soon. It was Houston, and they, they look, the only the point I'm driving the only two. Oh, they beat no, they beat uh, Mason Rudolph. Mm-hmm. The only two teams yep. they beat that were good this year were Indianapolis and Tennessee. Yeah. And both those teams just went home. Yeah. So I look at this and say, no, the Chiefs should be a big favorite in the game. By the way, I went back and did the research about an hour ago. Since 2000, there have been 11 teams, not including the Chiefs this weekend, who have been favored by double digits in the divisional round. Those teams are 8-3, and three, seven of the times they covered the spread. Wow. So, And the Chiefs, by the way, were favored by 10 against Houston last year. So now... <laughs> Maybe you don't want to get off to quite the same start as you did against Houston. Maybe, <laughs> maybe avoid spotting Cleveland 24 points. But this game, to me, for Kansas City, comes down to just turnover. If they don't turn yeah. the ball over, they're not going to lose. Mm-hmm. They're, they're just too talented. I mean, it's a, look, every time I look at a game, I say to myself, what does each team have to do to win? And when I sat down and did this with Cliff, I said, oh, they've got to run the ball. They can't, they can't make big mistakes, turnovers, and penalties. They, they can't give up big plays. They've got to find a way to limit Kelsey on third down. They've got to keep Mahomes in the pocket. I went to, I found about 12 things that if they don't do that, they're going to lose the game. Then I went to the Chiefs' side of it, and it's like, if they don't make big mistakes, they're going to win the game. Mm-hmm. I mean, what's easier to do, execute one thing or 12? So it doesn't mean they can't lose. doesn't mean they can't. They, again, 10-point favorite last year. They were down 24 nothing. But they clearly are the best team. They should win the game. I know there's a report right now out there from Adam Tyser that says, you know, they expect that there's going to be a lot of Browns fans at the game. There's like 20,000 people in the stands. Mm-hmm. I mean, even if they split it and it's 10 and 10, who cares? 
Like, let's right. be real. It's not, it's not like they're playing on the road in front of 80,000 people. I don't care if they're all Browns fans. The Chiefs should win the game. So, mm-hmm. to me, it's, it's, it's clearly of the four games this weekend, it, it's the easiest one to pick. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah, so look at the other AFC game here well, quickly before before we let you go, Matt. We appreciate you joining us. But kind of how do you see the rest of these playoffs shaking out? Because you look at this Ravens and Bills games. Those are two really good teams, two really hot teams that are hitting each other at the right time. If you're a Chiefs fan, those are the two teams you want duking it out on the other side. I'm terrible at picking this game because I on my on Stack in the Box, my podcast, I picked I picked the Bills. And I was just on a radio show out in, in uh, Topeka, and I, I picked the Ravens. So I uh, <laughs> I am all over the map, boys. I, I don't know. I I struggle with it because I feel like the game comes down to two things, and I don't know how the team will react because they haven't played each other this year. Mm-hmm. Like, Josh Allen's played fantastic football this season. Yeah. But I don't know how he reacts to what Baltimore is going to do because we all know with Baltimore they're the most blitz-heavy team in the league. They are going to mm-hmm. bring everybody and they're going to say, look, we got Peters and Humphrey, and they're going to go against Diggs and Beasley, and we like our chances. Now, I'm worried about the Beasley thing because he could not run on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Give him credit. He gutted it out. He couldn't even get off the line of scrimmage if you watched him. So I don't think he's going to be a factor in the game. And then you get Peters and Diggs. Now, that could, <laughs> that could be Peters getting two picks. That could be 150 yards and two touchdowns for Diggs. Yep. That could go any which way. But if, if Baltimore's pressure can, can screw with Allen – I think the Bills lose the game. They need Allen to be great. It's just the way they're built, just like the Chiefs need Mahomes typically to be very good. The other concern I have for Buffalo is Baltimore is going to ram the ball down their throats. Buffalo is not good in run defense, and people will say, well, neither is Kansas City, but the Chiefs are good in base and in nickel against the Mm -hmm. run. Buffalo is not. Buffalo does not have the kind of guys up front to stop the run that Baltimore is going to fear and so, to me, this game comes down to two things. What does first down look like when the Ravens have the ball? If they're getting four-plus, the Bills have a major problem because they'll just keep running it. They'll just stay on the ground and pound it and pound it and pound it and pound it, and they'll shorten the game. They'll take the ball to Allen's hands. The other thing is Allen against the Blitz. I I don't know. I, I'm going to, I'm gonna, I think, go with Baltimore. But I, I think Buffalo is the better team. I just think it's yeah. a matchup where – it's a like if you're the Bills, you would have much rather gotten the Titans. I know they lost them earlier this year. Mm-hmm. Tennessee can't stop a nosebleed, right? Like if you're if you're the Bills, go go ahead. We'll we'll outscore you. Getting the Ravens, that's a game where you could play well and look up and go, how the hell are we losing twenty three to twenty? Like, well, you've had the ball for fifteen minutes. Mm-hmm. I mean that. So I I think it's I do think though that is the closest game of the weekend. That mm-hmm. game is going to come down to just a, a, a razor's edge. Yeah, um, that makes me feel better because in that duration of Matt talking, I changed my mind from Buffalo to Baltimore, and then I went back to Buffalo. So I I think since people are listening, I'm going to stick with the Bills, but I think it's going to be a really competitive game. I think it's going to be close. Um, If they can control the time of possession, and I'm not a huge time of possession nerd, but look, if you're not letting Allen on the field and he's not scoring points on every drive, it's going to be tough to beat Baltimore because if they're running the ball – and like Matt said, you're getting a second and six and then a third and two or a second and three and then moving the chains, you're going to put up points. And if you're trading threes and sevens, that's okay if you're the Bills. But the Bills are going to have to bring their A game on offense to keep up with the Baltimore team that can just straight up run right up the middle. 
And that's kind of how I was last week with the Titans and Ravens game because I could see this game going both sides too because I was going back and forth. I think the Ravens are one of those teams right now where they're hitting, hitting it at the right time. They're, they're hot at the right moment. So, Matt, we appreciate you joining us. Kind of breaking down this super wild card weekend is a really great weekend, and I'm really glad that you were able to join us to help, help us break it down. No problem, guys. Thanks for having me. This has been an episode of Roughing the Kicker on ArrowheadReport.com. Go follow myself on Twitter at Tucker D. Franklin. Go follow Jordan on Twitter at Footnoted. And go follow Matt on Twitter at Matt Verderam. We'll be back tomorrow with Sam Mellinger of the Kansas City Star. We're going to be looking deeper into this Chiefs and Browns matchup. Until then, we'll talk to you tomorrow. The Roughing the Kicker Chiefs podcast is a daily Kansas City Chiefs podcast brought to you by Almost Entirely LLC in association with ArrowheadReport.com. Roughing the Kicker is hosted and produced by Tucker Franklin, executive produced by Joshua Briscoe, and is available on ArrowheadReport.com or wherever you get your podcasts. For more Chiefs coverage, visit ArrowheadReport.com and follow at SI Chiefs, at Tucker D. Franklin, and at JB Briscoe on Twitter. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.